Welcome to the Local Government Bulletin Podcast Series of the Dalla Omar Institute at the University of the Western Cape. Here you can listen to short articles on local government law and policy. We aim to assist practitioners and deepen debates on local governance and service delivery. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And we hold this briefing with the understanding that the postponement of elections will ultimately be a political consideration, not a consideration for citizens or the laws of this country. This article was written by Michelle R. Maziwisa, published under Volume 16, Issue 3, in September 2021, with the title, Local Government Elections, To Delay or Not to Delay. The Independent Electoral Commission finds itself in a conundrum. On the one hand, the terms of municipal councils are fixed to a five-year term, according to subsection 1 of section 159 of the Constitution and subsection 1 of section 24 of the Municipal Structures Act 117 of 1998. Subsection 2 of section 159 of the Constitution requires that municipal elections be held within 90 days from the day when the five-year term ends. On the other hand, the country is battling with 16,214 new daily COVID-19 infections as at 21 July 2021 and 516 daily deaths as the third wave rages on out of a population of almost 60.1 million. Only 5,831,389 vaccines have been administered as at 21 July 2021. The Delta variant of COVID-19 has resulted in a higher number of people experiencing more severe symptoms, being hospitalized and dying, and they are caused to adhere to adjusted alert level 4 of the lockdown to reduce the risk of transmission and vaccination to increase community immunity, what some have called herd immunity. The IEC appointed former Deputy Chief Justice Moseneke and his team to investigate and report on the likelihood or otherwise that a pending election will be free and fair, taking into account the COVID-19 pandemic. This article provides a synopsis of the report of the inquiry. The IEC and the Minister of Cooperative Government and Traditional Affairs, COCTA, must trade carefully to reach a decision on when elections will take place without risking mass infections or invalid conduct. I mention the minister here because it is the responsibility of the minister of COGDA after consultation with the IEC to set a date for the local government elections in terms of subsection 2 of section 24 of the Municipal Structures Act. How did the Moseneke inquiry approach this investigation? The inquiry took an objective approach to the investigation. The inquiry invited inputs from various stakeholders, including technical experts, political parties, civil society, and the general public. Considerations of important constitutional values of democracy and human rights, such as the right to life, bodily and psychological integrity, and access to health care, were taken into account. Although the views of political parties and the general public were quite divided. The report notes that inquiry took into account all the oral and other submissions. It also examined relevant law and drew examples from the region, including the African Commission on Human and People's Rights Statement on Elections in Africa during the COVID-19 pandemic, published 22 July 2020 and beyond. 
I provide here a brief synopsis of the responses to the questions addressed by the Musenega Inquiry Report. Question 1. May local government elections be postponed? The inquiry emphasized the importance of subsection 9 of section 1 of the Constitution, which guarantees universal suffrage, the right to vote, and regular elections. Although the term regular is not specifically defined, and neither was it the inquiry's mandate to define it, the inquiry relied on the strict provisions of subsection 1 of section 159 of the Constitution, which limits the term of municipal councils to five years and requires elections to be held within 90 days after the expiry of the five-year term. The elections must not only be regular, but they must also be free and fair. Democracy would be compromised if either one is missing. In order to diverge from the provisions of subsection 2 of section 159, which the inquiry deems to go to the core of subsection 9 of section 1, a special procedure for amendment must be followed because subsection 9 of section 1 is specially entrenched, meaning it has stronger protection than other constitutional provisions. In other words, should Parliament choose to amend subsection 9 of section 1, this must be done with a 75% majority vote in the National Assembly, coupled with the supporting vote of at least six of the nine provinces in the National Council of Provinces. See section A and B of subsection 1 of section 74 of the Constitution. The Moseneke inquiry, finding that it may be untenable to amend the Constitution for temporary relief, suggests an alternative, which is for the IEC to approach a competent court and seek extension or relaxation of the fixed terms of current municipal councils until a possible election date at a time after February 2022. In an interview, Professor Yaab Defissa, director of the Dulla Omar Institute for Constitutional Law, Governance and Human Rights, noted that formally the duty to make such a court application would not fall on the IEC, but rather on the Minister of COCTA, who has the responsibility to call the election before the end of October, subsection 2 of section 24 of the Municipal Structures Act. He noted that although we have the Electoral Court, which is a specialized court on matters pertaining to elections, but has the status of a high court, it is likely that the minister might make an application for direct access to the Constitutional Court. Defissa notes further that the minister would have to argue that if we were to hold elections in October, those elections would not be free and fair and would therefore not actually produce a credible result and in the words of Moseneke, would be a nullity. He, however, stated that it is unusual for the Constitutional Court to override or suspend provisions of the Constitution because the Constitutional Court is designed to uphold the provisions of the Constitution. Hence, in his view, this approach would be quite exceptional. Prof. Pierre Defors Claude Leon Foundation Chair in Constitutional Governance at the University of Cape Town argues that amending the Constitution is not a good choice either because there is not enough time for processes of public participation and a constitutional amendment of this nature, if not drafted well, can create loopholes for any future undemocratic government 
to undermine the democratic process. Question 2. Would local government elections in October 2021 be free and fair? The inquiry found that the elections in October 2021 are likely not to be free and fair, but they are likely to be free and fair if they are held no later than the end of February 2022. The reasons are as follows. 1. The election timetable of the IEC. The inquiry notes that Section 11 and Schedule 3 of the Municipal Electoral Act 27 of 2000 requires that when the Minister of COCTA has called an election, the IEC must prepare a timetable for the election, setting dates for various activities, including voter registration. This timetable must be followed strictly, although the IEC can amend it. The draft timetable has scheduled voter registration to take place from 31 July to 01 August 2021. The voter registration period is scheduled to start only six days after adjusted alert level 4 restrictions come to an end. 25 July 2021, and there is a possibility that these restrictions may be extended owing to high number of COVID-19 infections and deaths. The minister may only call the elections after the 1st of August, according to the draft timetable. Therefore, if elections proceed in October 2021, there will be not enough time to allow for in-person voter registration for voters who do not have access to electronic registration, and there will not be enough time for provisional and final certification of the voters' role. Further, the restrictions on gathering may also hamper the nomination process for registered parties and independent candidates and potentially disadvantage independent candidates who are required to collect at least 50 signatures, as this may call for some door-to-door -door campaigning, and these wet signatures would need to be verified, which is not possible under the current restrictions and short timelines, as noted by DeFissa. 2. Electoral conduct of the IEC during the pandemic and lockdown restrictions. So far, the IEC has not conducted any by-elections during alert level 2 to 5, but has requested extensions and only held by-elections during alert level. Since the COVID-19 pandemic started, the IEC has approached the Electoral Court eight times, seeking to postpone by-elections during alert level 2 and 5, and these orders were all granted. Some of the reasons for granting of these orders are that the IEC would not have been able to conduct free and fair elections. The risk of spreading COVID-19 would have undermined government's efforts to flatten the curve. Level 2 to 5 imposed restrictions on gatherings, including political activities, and impose a curfew which could adversely affect the abilities of political parties and independent candidates to campaign and there may be low voter turnout as the population has become more aware of the risk of transmission and heightened risk of hospitalization and death that has come with the new COVID-19 variant. The inquiry finds these reasons justifiable. Further, the inquiry notes that the freedom to participate in elections, which includes the freedom to canvass, to advertise and to engage in the activities normal for a person seeking election, is fundamental to the conduct of free and fair elections. These normal activities have been interpreted to include holding large political rallies, holding smaller political gatherings and door-to-door -door campaigns. 
the concerns of the inquiry are that the adjusted alert level for COVID-19 restrictions inhibit several of these normal activities, and this constitutes a barrier to free and fair elections and limits various rights, including the right to contest elections, campaign, and freedom of expression. See Section 19 and 16 of the Constitution and Case Law. Moreover, COVID-19 restrictions are likely to have a disproportionate effect on smaller, less resourced political parties than large, well-resourced ones. Large parties may be able to easily shift to digital platforms and advertise widely, especially in light of the application of the proportionality principle of the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa on broadcasting opportunities. Additionally, voter education and access to information may be compromised if elections take place in October. 3. Medical and expert data and predictions. Medical experts reiterated that there is insufficient knowledge and understanding about COVID-19, but also noted that increases in the numbers of infections, such as during elections, would strain the public health sector, especially now, as not enough people have been vaccinated to establish community immunity. 4. Capacity of the health system and excess mortality. While official records state that the COVID-19 mortality rate is 58,000, the Medical Research Council records show 180,000, meaning there is almost three times as many unreported COVID-19 deaths. Excess mortality which illustrates that the situation on the ground is worse than many would like to believe. Using data from the first, second and third waves, health experts anticipate that most provinces will not have the capacity to deal with a fourth or subsequent wave, except perhaps Gauteng, Western Cape and KwaZulu-Natal, which might be able to meet the minimum capacity, including public and private healthcare facilities. In my view, this is now uncertain in light of the unrest experience in Gauteng and KwaZulu-Natal in the first three weeks of July 2021. It would be interesting to see whether territorial differentiation could be an option when deciding on the election date in spite of the provisions of subsection 2 of section 24 of the Municipal Structures Act, which requires termination of all municipal councils. 5. Similar trajectory of waves of infection. It is suggested that if the anticipated fourth wave follows similar patterns to past waves, the trajectory is that the peak will start to decline in August and September, and October could be a period of low transmission. 6. Community immunity and vaccines. Assuming that the coronavirus does not change, reaching community immunity will reduce the risk of hospitalization and death. But it is not possible for this to happen by October 2021, as the vaccination rollout is slower than anticipated. 7. Risks associated with elections. Elections carry risks of occupational exposure for the IEC staff and campaign staff, door-to-door visits, small group meetings, large group rallies and marches, and voting day queues and polling booth risks. There is a risk of infection at gatherings and through the movement of people and likely non-adherence with COVID-19 precautions. 8. Timing October 2021 versus February-March 2022 The experts had different views 
on whether to have elections in October 2021 or the February-March period of 2022. Their comments follow. Prof. Abdul predicts that a three-month delay would land us in the very early stages of a fourth wave and that October 2021 is the best time to have the elections. He notes further that we are likely to see several new variants by March 2022. Yes or no to October 2021 local elections? Yes. Prof. Mahdi suggests that it is difficult to predict but electioneering, especially large outdoor gatherings and any indoor gatherings of more than 20 people, will have a major impact on the resurgence of infections. But based on past patterns during the first and second wave, it may be that October 2021 is a period of relative calm. Yes or no to October 2021 local elections? Maybe. Dr. Abdullah, continuing with the current plans, will be to risk the lives of thousands. The country is at different stages of the wave, but conducting elections in February, March 2022 will certainly save more lives than in October 2021 because of higher levels of vaccination and related immunity. Yes or no to October 2021 local elections? No. Prof. Salal, Dr. Miot, Dr. Molchis and Dr. Butelesi from the Health Department. In their individual capacities and individual expert opinions, they note that the more people that are vaccinated at the time of holding the elections, the more lives will be saved. By February, March 2022, more people will have been vaccinated, approximately 40 million people, and there would be less hospitalization and mortality through community immunity, which aligns with the submissions of Dr. Butelezi from the Health Department. Yes or no to October 2021 local elections? No. Defisa has commented that the fact that the scientific experts are not in agreement on this might be raised as a contestation for postponement of the elections should an application be made to court. In addition to arguments pertaining to the unpreparedness of smaller parties, he further argued that in spite of calls to combine local elections with national and provincial elections, such an approach would take away the local nature of local elections, which is bad for local democracy, and there would be too many ballots to fill in. Why does the inquiry propose February 2022? The inquiry wants to avoid the slippery slope by ensuring that the elections are deferred only once and to the earliest possible date, to be determined as the safest and shortest time within which local government elections may be held without excessive loss of life. But this reason seems to have the opposite effect. What will happen if we find ourselves in a similar situation in March 2022? Is it not indeed a slippery slope? However, Defesa argues that this is exactly what this situation should not warrant a constitutional amendment, but rather a very strict once-off postponement. The inquiry wants to reset municipal governance speedily. The constitution envisages democratic, accountable government and a fixed five-year term for municipal councils, 
one of the concerns raised by stakeholders is that municipal councillors should not be given a day more than their term because citizens must be spared of more bouts of unaccountable government, inept and dishonest financial accounting, and downright failure to observe the law that governs municipalities, according to the inquiry. The inquiry notes that a similar sentiment has been expressed by the Auditor General, Tsakane Maluleke, in the 2019-2020 audit outcomes, which shows that most municipalities are in a worse off state now than four years ago, and that the Auditor General's recommendations are often not taken into account. However, in spite of these considerations, the inquiry is of the view that based on all medical evidence, numerous lives could be lost unless we reach a certain level of community immunity. The inquiry also took the municipal budget process into account, noting that having elections in February 2022 would give the new council an opportunity to consider the tabled budget in April 2022 and approve the annual budget before 01 July 2022, when the new financial year starts. Conclusion The Mosseneke Inquiry concluded that the elections, if held in October 2021, are not likely to be free and fair, but they are likely to be free and fair if they are held no later than the end of February 2022. The Inquiry also made recommendations for holding free, fair and safe elections during COVID-19 and proposes that the IEC should approach a competent court for an order to defer the elections to no later than February 2022, on the terms that the courts may grant. Although the findings of the inquiry are not binding on the IEC, this is not an easy position for the IEC and the Minister of COCTA. Should the IEC apply for a postponement of the local government elections, such an application is likely to be contested by different political parties, whichever approach is taken. An analysis of the impact of the postponement of elections on municipal governance will be provided in another article of the Local Government Bulletin. Thanks for listening. If you found it useful, please share this podcast via your social media. The Local Government Bulletin is supported by the Hansaitl Foundation and the Bavarian State Chancellery. We are proud to contribute to the debate on local governance and service delivery. This podcast was produced by Lucaniso Matebese.